Welcome to the Cross Lane Podcast, a community committed to bringing people to Jesus. We serve an awesome God. I mean, years ago, Rich Mullins wrote and sang that song, Our God is an Awesome God, and He truly, truly is. And we, you know, our job is to make sure that we are pointing people to that awesome God and that we ourselves are are caught up worshiping that awesome God. And so that's really, hopefully, part of what happens this morning. Before I get into what I want to say, I think it's important that we hear what God wants to say. So I'm going to read to you just a couple of scriptures just to kind of set this up. And uh, all of these today are coming out of the message version translation of the Bible. So it may sound a little different, but I just, I love, sometimes I like doing that just because of the way it sounds. It's different to our ears, and, and I think that's a healthy thing. Psalm 100, verse 5, for God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, always and ever loyal always and ever psalm 145 you open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing that means everybody whether you're a jesus follower not a jesus follower believe in god don't believe in god god causes the sunshine to shine on all of us god gives us all rain god gives us all good gifts right doesn't matter who you are romans 10 scripture reassures us no one who trusts god like this heart and soul will ever regret it It's exactly the same no matter what a person's religious background may be. The same God for all of us, acting the same incredibly generous way to everyone who calls out for help. Everyone who calls help God gets help. And then Deuteronomy 15, give freely and spontaneously. Don't have a stingy heart. The way you handle matters like this triggers God, your God's blessing in everything you do. All your work and ventures. There are always going to be poor and needy people among you. So I command you, always be generous. Open purse and hands. Give to your neighbors in trouble, your poor and hurting neighbors. This is basically living a life with the goal of helping other people. That's really what it is. Open-handed generosity is what we're talking about today. I'm going to give my time. I'm going to give my money. I'm going to give my gifts to help other people. I'm going to look around and try to figure out how can my life be used as a blessing on the life of somebody else. How can I do more? How can I share more? How can I give more? How can I be more for the people around me? It's pretty simple You can boil this down really to just about any relationship that you're in, whether it's a marriage relationship or a community relationship or a a business relationship, work relationship, familial uh, kind of relationship. You are either a plus or a minus in the lives of the people that you encounter. You are either adding value to people or you are taking value away. We all know that person that that isn't really adding value. They're kind of the type that takes it away. You know who I'm talking about, right? That person's just a taker. And, you know, you ever have that thing where we see them coming? We see them coming, and it's like, oh, here they come. And it's like, oh, I I couldn't hide. You know, like, oh. And they're coming. And you start praying, dear Lord, just take me. (laughs) Take me now, right? And then you have a better prayer. Take them now. Just take them. That would be better. Um, I think it can be summed up like this. There are just two kinds of people on earth today, just two kinds of people, no more, I say. Not the good and the bad, for it is well understood that the good are half bad and the bad are half good. There's just two kinds of people on earth, I mean, those who lift 
and those who lean. And the question this morning is, are you a lifter or are you a leaner? Are you lifting? Are you adding value to people? Are you encouraging? Does your life just shed off blessing upon blessing to the people that you're around? Or is your life sucking up the blessings from everybody else? Do you wake up every day and think to yourself, how do I take this and give it away to somebody else? We're either a plus in somebody's life or we're a minus. Look at this verse from 1 Timothy. Tell those who are rich in this world's wealth. And we see that term there. We see that phrase, rich in this world's wealth, and we think, well, he's not talking to me because I, you know, I got a little bit of money, but I'm not rich. I saw a statistic today that would change maybe your thinking. It definitely changed mine. I saw a statistic this week that said that if you make $35,000 or more, it puts you in the top 1% of the world's wealth. Now, that just seems impossible to me. Seems impossible to me. But what that points up is just how many poor people there are in the world. And I'm, I mean, we have poor people in America, but I'm talking about around the world. If we could take even our poorest person and take them to some of these third world countries where they live in filth and squalor, where they live basically on a garbage heap, where they live really right next to the sewer and it smells, and you, we couldn't even stand to, to breathe the air, much less live there, and that's where, that's home for them, where, where their income is just, you know, since a week or a month or a year, it's just where they have nothing. And so he's talking about those who are wealthy. Tell those who are rich in this world's wealth, that's us, just don't make a mistake, that's us, to quit being so full of themselves and so obsessed with money, which is here today and gone tomorrow. Tell them to go after God, who piles on all the riches we could ever manage, to do good, to be rich in helping others, to be extravagantly generous. If they do that, they'll build a treasury that will last, gaining a life that is truly life. So what does it look like? What does it mean for us to live generously? I want to talk about that for the time that I have left. Just living a generous life. What does that mean? The first thing it means is that we live on the right side of yes. It's a pretty famous pastor. I heard him talking about this and talking about living on the right side of yes and he said I have a friend that walked up to me one day I was getting ready to, sp to speak and and he said he walked up and said hey I just want you to know the answer is yes he's like what do you mean the answer is yes I didn't even ask you a question he said I know but whatever it is the answer is yes if you need money for me yes if you need me to do something for you the answer is yes anything that I can do to bless your life and to help you I just want you to know I want to live on the right side of yes. Living generously means that you live on the right side of yes. It means that we're already predisposed to care for other people, that we're predisposed to give. We're predisposed to share what we have with other people. I love this passage out of Philippians 4. I've got it memorized in another translation. Uh, Philippians 4 verses 8 and 9. These are beautiful. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and medi meditating, I almost said medicating, that's not right, and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse, 
That is yes living. I'm talking about being generous. I'm talking about blessing other people. But I'm talking about an attitude too. I'm talking about just positivity in general. I'm talking about living your life from a place of positivity, choosing to be positive and not negative. Choosing to share positive stuff with people, not negative stuff with people. Just trying to be that kind of person. How you think, how you think will determine more about your success and failure than anything else you do. As a man thinks, Proverbs says, so is he. And so there's a whole bunch of people who live on the other side of no. You know how you can tell when you're around somebody who lives on the other side of no? They will see the opposition before they see the opportunity. They will see the, the, the problem before they see the potential. That's how you know you're dealing with somebody who's living on the other side of no. They, they, they just can't, their, their, their mindset isn't thinking about possibilities. Their mindset is, is someplace else entirely. Are you living on the other side of yes? Second Corinthians says it like this, God can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways so that you're ready. Well, when you live on the other side of yes, you're, you're ready. What are you ready for? You're ready for anything and everything more than just ready to do what needs to be done. He gives you something you can then give away, which grows into full-formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. The answer is yes. How can I serve? How can I help? I, I just I admire people that when you walk up to them and they, they, they greet you, the first thing they say is, how can I help? How can I help you? So the first thing is living generously is living on the right side of yes. Second thing is a person who lives generously is continually sowing seeds. Generous livers are seed sowers. Here's the challenge for us this morning. That when we go to bed tonight and we look back over the day, when we look back over the day, are we going to judge our success for the day by how much we harvested or by how much we sowed? Because I think for a lot of people, they're judging the success of their life by how much they've harvested. How much did I get? How much did I accumulate? And that's really not, I mean, Scripture doesn't, doesn't teach us to think that way. It was Paul was talking about evangelism. And he said, I planted, Apollos watered, and God caused the growth. Paul was never worried about about getting credit for who all came, not the harvest. He wasn't taking credit for the harvest. He was focused on sowing seed. That's what Paul did, was constantly sowing seed. That's what we should be about, sowing seed. The field does not ask for need. The field asks for seed. And so when, what happens with us is we get need conscious. We start focusing in on you know, what do I need? And, and we, we're not always focused on making sure that we are sowing the seeds that God wants us to sow. So we need to be seed conscious, not need conscious. Jesus said this in Luke, give away your life. You'll find life given back, but not merely given back, given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way Giving, not getting is the way. Generosity begets generosity. Most people are focused on increasing their standard of living. They're not necessarily focused on increasing their standard of giving. I think that's one of the things that Christians should be trying to 
change is we spend an awful lot of time on our, our standard of living. Well, let's, let's try to not highlight that as much, and let's try to focus on how, what can we give away? How can we live in such a way that we're generous and benevolent to the people around us? Just let me tell you, there's a world of difference in those two types of people. Living generously just means that you are constantly, constantly sowing seeds. Number three, living generously means that we are growing in our faith. Second Peter says this, don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given. Complementing your basic faith. How do we do that? How do we complement our basic faith? With good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, and generous love. Each dimension fitting into and developing the others. With these qualities active and growing in your lives, no grass will grow under your feet. No day will pass without its reward as you mature in your experience of our master. If you live with a scarcity mindset and a selfish heart, here's what's eventually going to happen to you. You're going to look up and look around and you're going to be by yourself. If you live with a scarcity mindset and you're hoarding and you, you can't turn loose of your stuff and you can't, you can't be benevolent to other people, eventually what happens is you're going to get to the place where nobody wants to be around you because you're constantly taken. And so that's just one of the things that we've got to focus on. What we're talking about today is trying to be able to just love the people around you, to, to care for them, to add value to them, to give, to, to encourage them, to you know, sometimes it has to do with money, but a lot of times it has nothing to do with money. Uh, being generous, living a generous lifestyle, you don't have to have a lot of money to do that. Now, if you have some extra money and you can bless somebody with it, that's a good thing too. But as you do it, what happens is it begins to increase your faith. And I'm just telling you, the more you live this out in your life, the better you feel. Um, my counsel when someone comes to me and they, you know, we, we're talking and they're going through a hard time and they'll say something like, yo, Brad, I think I'm depressed. And I'm not, I'm not a counselor for someone who's clinically depressed, okay? Let's not fool anybody. That's above my pay grade and I don't spend a lot of time trying to heal those kind of people because I can't. That's not my specialty and I refer them on. But, but if I've got somebody that it's just a, lot, a mild depression, you know, just a, they're, they're, it's just a season and trying to get through it, one of my pieces of advice is go do something, go give to somebody else. Find somebody to serve and go serve them. Go, go do something for somebody else. Whenever I get into a place where I'm just, I'm rutted and I'm not really, I'm, I'm kind of, I can just sense that the world's kind of closing in on me, I start looking for, I write notes, I try to encourage other people, I try to reach out to other people and check on them, see how they're doing. Anything I can do, I'll, I'll maybe give some money. I'll talk about something here at the end of the message that I like to do. Um, I'll do something to get myself out of that and get my attention off of me and onto one of God's children, somebody less fortunate than me, somebody that needs more than I need. And it's a good reminder, hey, Brett, you're not the center of the universe, and there are people in the world that are a lot worse off than you. Why don't you take care of some of them? I'm just telling you, this grows your faith. This just makes you feel good as a follower of Jesus. Now we come to number four. I don't want you to miss number four. Number four is really important. You're pretty sharp. I think you'll get number four. Your neighbor may not be as sharp, so just nudge them. Let them know. Number four is important. Living generously means we attract people to God. 
We attract people to God. And if you care anything about Cross Lane, and I assume you do because you're here this morning, our mission is to bring people to Jesus. It's real simple. It's real simple. We're just doing everything we can to get people to know who God is. We want Jesus to come into their life. We believe that some, the closer somebody gets to Jesus, the more their life will change. Whether you've been a Christian your whole life or you've, you've never given your life to Christ at all, we believe the closer you get to Jesus, the more your life will change. And so if that's true of you and you're here and you care anything at all about it, this has got to be important to you, this idea of us making people hungry for God, being attractive, making Jesus attractive. Because that's really what we're here for. Jesus said this, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. That's a great line. By opening up to others, you'll prompt other people to open up to God. This generous Father in heaven. First Peter says this, be generous with the different things God gave you. Passing them around so all get in on it. If words, let it be words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus. And he'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything. Encores to the end of time, and I love the way they say amen here. Oh, yes. Right? Like, I just think that's awesome. So when we're generous, we become different. There are not a ton of generous people in the world. When you're generous with your time, with your affection, with your encouragement, with your um, um, just kindness, just a smile, when you're, when you're generous with your money, it, it makes you more attractive to people. They're not used to seeing it, and they get curious. And when they're curious, they start asking questions. When they get curious, they lean in. They don't lean out. They want to get closer. They want to know what drives that. Where's that coming from? I'm not used to seeing that. That's attractive to me. Jesus called it salt and light. Can we just all agree salt makes things better? It's not good for us, but it makes things better, right? Like salt makes things better. And light makes things brighter. So Christ calls us to be those. Be better and be brighter. Make the world a better place. Make the world a brighter place. Listen to me. If, if you're not trying to be attractive, if you're not living a generous lifestyle and, and, and you're uh, not kind and you're not helpful to others, you call yourself a, a Christ follower, you call yourself a Christian, but you're none of those things. And you, you really aren't trying to help anybody else. You're not trying to be benevolent. You're, you don't care if you ever are generous financially with anybody or anything. Um, people don't want to know your God if that's the way you're going to live your life. And I'm going to try to say this as nicely as I can. Um, but if you're a believer in Jesus and you're walking around and you're participating in all the negativity, if you're online and, and everything that comes out of your mouth is negative, if, if, you know, if there's no benevolence coming from you and there's nothing uh, generous and there's no, there's no positivity, there's nothing encouraging, admonishing, lifting other people up, if it's just constantly just down, down, down all the time, do us all, the rest of us, all a favor and stop calling yourself a Jesus follower because you're killing us right? We're trying to take the message of the gospel to people, and we're trying to be attractive, and you're out there just negative all the time. Don't be that. I mean, you can still be a Christian if you want to, but don't tell anybody. I'm on Twitter. I, I don't see Facebook a whole lot, but I'm on Twitter, and one of, the, one of my pet peeves on there is it's a negative place. 
They're all social media. They just seem to be negative spaces. And once in a while, I'll see a post by someone, and it's hateful, sometimes with bad language. Sometimes, you know, they just, there's nothing positive. And just for fun, I'll click on the profile. You know, the profile where you kind of tell a little bit about yourself. And it is amazing to me how many times I have seen things on Twitter posted by somebody that it sounds horrible. And I'll click their profile and the first words I see, Christ follower. Oh, are you kidding me? Take that off. We don't want them to know that you follow Jesus, okay? Because that's not Jesus. What you just said there, how you said that, that's not benevolent. That's not seed sowing. That's not faith building. That's not, that's not value adding. That's not giving. It's, it's horrible. It's, it doesn't attract anybody to God. And our job is to make people hungry. It, you know, if, if your whole thing is just to be negative and, and in it for you all the time, nobody wants to hear about your God. You're never going to lead anybody to Jesus. Just look at the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's us. That's what we should be. That's what should be falling off of us everywhere we go, constantly, People see us, those are the things they should think. Man, that's a generous dude. And she is so kind. I love being around her because she's just always encouraging everybody. Oh, I love him. You know, he's just, he just, he's a giver. He just, he, he loves to take care of other people. I just love being around somebody like that. If you've got that, you will become attractive. In fact, I would even say this. Just take a few minutes and think about the people in your world that you love the most, the people that you most like to be around, and the odds are pretty good that they, they ex exhibit what I'm talking about. They are an example of the, the generous lifestyle that I'm talking about. Our goal in every single day is to live life with such generosity that people are walking up to us and they're saying things like, man, you're not like anybody I've ever seen. Like, can you explain to me what drives this? Because I've never seen this. I mean, I just watched you go through something horrific and it didn't make you bitter. I, I just watched you get chewed out by that person and you didn't yell back. I just, I just watch, I know what's going on with your family. I know your mom is sick or I know that your brother is really sick and, and I know that there's pressure on you, but boy, I'd never know it by just watching you because you're so benevolent, you're so generous to everybody else. Even though you have a right to take, you're not taking, you're giving. And I just, I want to know how you're doing that because I don't think I could do that. When was the last time that you lived your life in such a way that when you got done at the end of the day, you thought to yourself, you know what? I think I made some people hungry for God today. I, I, hope, I, hope, I hope some people that were around me today, when I got done with them, when I left their presence, it just made them a little hungrier for God. Now, that's a big thing to ask, right? Like, that's a, that's a big ticket item. That's not easy to do. So I've got a little bit more to say here. Not a lot, but a little bit more to say. But before I go any further, I just want to ask you to bow your head because I want to pray over you. I want to pray this over you, right? That you make people hungry for God. Let's pray. God, for the people in this room that I dearly love,
And for the people that might hear this one day on a podcast or a, a tape or a, in their car, I pray for anybody that hears my voice right now that, that in these moments as we pray this together, that you would help us, you would come behind us and help us to live the kind of life that makes people hungry for you. God, here's what I know. On our own, nobody is going to be hungry for you if we try to do this on our own. We have to have your help. We have to have opportunities. We have to have uh, ideas. We have to, we, we have to be able to get over ourselves. We, we, we have to be selfless. And Father, we need the Holy Spirit in us for that. And so I beg you that you would help us to live lives that make people hungry for you. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Number five, living generously, we receive more than we can imagine. That's what happens when you live generously. Proverbs says the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. When you live a generous lifestyle, you, re- you receive more than you could have ever thought you would have received. Now let me just stop right here and say I'm not talking about a give-to-get mentality. All right? This is not prosperity gospel I'm not a prosperity TV preacher. I don't have my, I'm not a televangelist. I don't have my $3,000 suit and my Gucci shoes and, you know, pocket square and my hair all slicked back, although I am kind of shiny. I don't have any of that. I'm not talking about that. I'm not, I'm not talking about being slick and, and you know, this, this deal with God where, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this to you and then you're going to give to me, right? That's how this works. I give and then you give to me. You see, God, what I'm doing here? No, that's, that's what that is. That's a transaction. That's all that is. That's a trade-off. That's not faith. That's not, hey, God, I want to be a blessing. I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm just talking about the biblical principle that is just flat-out true that you can't outgive God. You can't. The more you give, the more God's going to give you. He's not going to be outdone by you. You think God for one second is going to let you outgive him? There's no way. When God sees you living a generous life, he is going to flood you with his generosity because he sees you being generous. Not because it's like, hey, God, I'm doing this. Do you see what I'm doing? I'm doing this. So, hey, hey you know, give me mine. That's not the mentality. God knows when you're just when it's overflowing out of you, when, when generosity just flows out of you and God goes, man, I'm so proud of that. Look at that. Look at him just give and give and give. Here's some more. Here's some more. Give that too. Here's some more. And it's just this constant flow. You cannot outgive God. I'm not talking about give to get. I'm just saying that when you live a generous lifestyle, God cannot help but bless that. I use this illustration in the first service if, if you had three kids, you had two boys and a girl, that's what I had, two boys and a girl, and let's say that you were going to give the first two $10 a piece. The, the, your daughter's, you know, she's around the corner, she doesn't know this transaction's going on. You give the two boys 10 bucks a piece. One boy takes his money and goes and buys candy with it for himself and hoards it. The other little fella takes his money, splits it in half, goes around the corner and gives half of it to his sister. You've got an extra 10 bucks in your pocket. Who are you giving that money to? You giving it to the one that hoarded? 
Are you going to give it to the one who was generous, right? Your heart is already bent to the one who was generous. You think God's not any different? You think when God sees you living a benevolent, generous lifestyle, he sees it just falling off you? He sees everywhere you go, you're just giving, you're just giving, you're blessing. How can I encourage? How can I give? What can I, how can I help you? And God goes, man, would you look at that? Here's some more. That's what God does. <laughs> I'm not talking about give to get. Once in a while, I get an email. You probably get these too, but I think I get different ones than you because I'm a pastor. And I get some really funky stuff as a pastor. Once in a while, I get an email. It's usually from someone in another country. They are telling me that they're a pastor. They, they refer to me as Brother Wilson. Um, and I, you know, I add my accent to that, and it's really funky. You know, I hear them you know, like Ethiopian accent or whatever. Brother Wilson. Um, it is so good to be in ministry with you, you know, and I'm reading this thing and it's cool until you get about halfway down and then the ask comes, right? The, the ask. Brother Wilson, I'm just wondering if you would trust the Lord to bless our ministry with a thousand dollars and we believe that if you will do that, the Lord will bless your ministry with $10,000. And when you hear that, you're like, well, gosh, that's a good deal. I mean, I give a thousand and, and we're going to get ten. That's a that's a heck of a deal. And so you know you think about that a little bit. Well, I should do that. I mean, if I give if I do that for seven weeks, you know, thousand out. That's sixty three thousand in. That's a that's a really good deal. And so just about the time you're you're tempted to do that, you start thinking about it, you think, no, I mean, that's selfish. I shouldn't be that way. So what you what what you're tempted to do is just write a letter back that says you know I feel selfish with you being the one that that with me being the one that gets all the benefit, so why don't we reverse that, and you send me $1,000, and the Lord will bless you with 10000 right? That's, that's, the, that's the letter I want to write. I'm not talking about a give-to-get scheme. That there's an exchange principle here, and it is that every, pass, every person passes through life, and you're either taking from life or you're giving to it. You're, you're either taking things well, actually, you're doing both. We all, we're all doing both. There's some things we have to take, right? Like we got to eat, we've got to be clothed, we've got to have a car, we've got to have a place to live. We're all, we got to take some stuff. But we can leave some stuff too. And the question is, am I more of a taker or am I more of a lever? Just make sure that you leave more than you take. Try to be that person. Went to Catalyst Conference, um, we used to go all the time and, and have heard just some of the greatest people, Leadership Summit, I've heard this lady at Leadership Summit. Her name is Angela Arents. And at the time I heard her speak, she was the CEO of a company called Burberry, which is a fashion company, a lifestyle and fashion company. And um, I don't think she's the CEO of that company anymore. She might be. Um, but at one time, at the time we were listening to her speak to us, she was the highest paid female CEO in the world, okay? And this is her. And she was, she was asked the question, um, what's the best advice that you've ever been given? And she paused for a minute and she said, you know, my dad was the one who gave me the best advice I've ever been given. He told me when I was growing up that, and, and she said, I've tried to do this all my life. She said, I, he told me, give 60 and take 40. Give 60 and take 40. 
And she said, so that's a game that I've, that I've tried to win my whole life. That I've, the, the game is that can I give 60 and I'll just take 40. And, and then she said this, and I thought this, was, this is telling about her faith. She said, and God always makes up that difference. You see, I've got a shovel and God's got a shovel. And God gives me some blessing and I take my little shovel and my goal is to try to shovel that to somebody else. And he, he, he throws another shovel load down there, and the thing is, it's big. There's a, it's, God's shovel's bigger than mine. So I take my little shovel, try to you know, spread that out to some other people. But here's the thing. I cannot outgive God. The more I give, the more that shovel comes in with more for me. And it just feels like God is constantly just shoveling more into my life. God's shovel is bigger than my shovel. So the last thing I want to tell you is this. When you live generously, you live out of your God-created identity. I want you to hear what Jesus said. In a word, what I'm saying is, grow up. Your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. He's got a big shovel. Live out your God-created identity. Jesus, how do I become more God-like? How do I become more like you? Here's how you do that. You just live generously toward others. You live graciously toward others the way I live toward you. What I've done for you, you just do for everybody else. And I've done a lot for you. So you just, you try to be benevolent. You try to give away. You try to bless. You try to live your life where you're giving and you're not taking. If you were to, it's Christmas time. So if you were to, you know, you wanted to send a package to a friend, you, you know, you'd put it in a box, you'd tape it up, you put the address on the outside, and you take it down to the shipping store, you walk in, there's a gentleman behind the counter, you hand it to him, you say, yeah, I want to, want to, you know, this needs to be shipped, and so you give it to him, and you leave, you, you wait a couple of days, you call your friend, hey, did you get the package that I sent? And he's like, no, I didn't, didn't get a package from you. Really, that's weird, because I, I mean, you should have gotten it by now. So what do you do? You go back to the shipping store, you walk in, you look at the guy, and you say, hey, do you remember me? And he's like, yeah, you brought a package in last week. Yeah, well, I just called my friend, and he didn't get the package. Well, no, he wouldn't have gotten the package because I thought you were giving that to me, right? At which point you would look at him and you would say, no, you're the delivery boy, (laughs) right? That's not for you. I didn't give that to you. I gave that to you so that you would give it to my friend. I'm, that's all I am. I'm God's delivery boy. You are God's delivery boy. You are God's delivery girl. The things that God is giving to you, he expects you to pass on to other people. Now, some of what he gives you, he expects you to use for yourself. That's, that's nothing wrong with that. But what we need to start asking is, what, what can I pass on? What can I give away? What can I do to help somebody else? God will only give to you what will flow through you. Another way to put that is, you are not a reservoir. Reservoirs, things flow into a reservoir and it gathers. You're a river. Things flow through a river. It's constantly moving. The water's constantly flowing through. The blessings of God are constantly flowing through. God is that way. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Let's be God's delivery boy. Let's be God's delivery girl. We are fast approaching Christmas season, and 
One of my favorite nights of the year is coming up when we do the candlelight. I love the candlelight. I love it for a lot of different reasons. Um, I love the music. I love the band. Uh, my son's going to be here to play with the band this time, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, it's just, it's just going to be a really cool night. It's, uh, it's, the room is full of my favorite people. I love you guys, and it's just, it's, you know, it's Christmas time, and we've all got that vibe going. It's just we're happy to see each other, happy to worship. It's just a beautiful night, beautiful night. And at the end of that, a tradition has developed for me and Didi. At the end of that night, um, I'm really hungry by the time that, that night is over. And so I like, Didi and I will go to Applebee's, but we go late. We go after 9 o'clock because the apps are half price. And so the tradition is, I, they show us to our seat and our server comes and I look at the young lady or the young man and I'll say, do you have your tennis shoes on? Because uh, I'm about to wear you out, right? Like, because I'm hungry. And they say, I'm, you know, I'm ready to go. So we order the, we or, the tradition is we order a table full of appetizers. Just everything that they've got for half price. I'm like, bring it. Give me two of those. You know, I feel like a king. Like, I'll have that. You know, like I want to eat my chicken, you know, just like the kings used to do, like the old medieval, you know, like I've just conquered the world or something. And uh, we just fill the table with, with apps. And that's one night that they don't have any calories. We don't worry about how fat we're getting. You know, we feast. And it's wonderful. But my favorite part of the night is when they bring me the bill. Because I've planned. I've been looking forward to this night. Because on that night, when I get that bill, it's just a tradition for Didi and I, and we've talked about it, and we're both, we just love doing this. There's a place on there for the tip. And what I like to do is I like to take the bill and at least double it, at least double it. And that's going to be the tip. Usually if I can do more, I'll do more. I mean, it is an extravagant tip. I've planned for it. I've prayed over it. I've prayed about who's going to receive it. I've talked to God, like, God, whoever gets this, I pray that, that it speaks to them. I pray that it helps them. I pray that they, they experience your love and your grace. And I just pray that they feel important and loved and encouraged just by the gift that we're about to give. And I don't need any credit. I'm not about any of that. I just want to help somebody. And it's just such a, I love being able to write that, that check out, that tip, and give that money away. It's just fun for me. Um, one of the, my favorite things to do, and I've talked, talked to you about this, and we, some of you, it's funny when you come up and tell me your stories, but I like to go through the drive-thru, pull up, and ask them, is the car behind me, is their bill less than $20? Now, that's important because I've had people come up to me and say, Brett, I did that thing you told me to do, and their bill was $56. No, you got to ask in advance, right? Like, you got to, there's a, there's a limit, so, so I'll ask, is the bill behind me $20 or less? And they'll look at it like, yeah, it's $12.67. Great. I want to pay for that. Do you know them? No, they don't know me. They don't know anything about me. So here's the deal. I'm going to pay for it let me get away. I want to get out of the parking lot before you tell them what's going on. So just make them stay here for a minute. Let me get completely away. They don't need to see me. They don't need to know me. I just want to bless them. And, and, and all I want you to tell them is that God loves them. Just tell them God loves them. And, and so it's just amazing to watch these kids behind the counter. Some of them are like, man, you rock. You're awesome. And some people are like, man, I wish I came up behind you in the line. You'd be great to be behind line. And some people just say, man, that is just how kind. It's just so kind. So you're in on it. Where can, we can do it, right? So I pay, and 
And then I speed <laughs> out of, the, out of the, the driveway so that they can't tell me. It just makes me feel good. And I bet in the last month I've done that two or three times. It just, you know what? If I'm blessed enough to be able to go through the drive-thru, I'm probably blessed enough to pay for somebody else's dinner. And so I just try to do that once in a while. We've even got cards for you at the Welcome Center if you want to pick them up that you could leave a card. You could say, would you just give them this card? And it just says, God loves you. And so I would encourage you to do that. And then I'll just tell you one last story. I was with a really good friend of mine from this church. We were having lunch and um, hadn't talked to each other in quite a while, you know, an extended sit-down kind of deal. And so we were talking over lunch. And it was one of those deals where I knew I was going to be there for a while. And uh, we, we were eating our dinner. And I, I noticed a table, a couple, uh, kind of catty corner to us. There was a, a gentleman, and a, I would assume it was his wife, who was sitting there. And I could tell he was a, a veteran. I can't remember exactly what, I heard something in a conversation or I, something let me know he was a veteran. And I thought, I just want to bless him. I want to just, I, you know, just my way to say thank you. I just want to bless this guy. So I, our server came and he said, can I do anything for you? And I said, hey, yeah, you can. I want to get that lunch over there, but I don't know him. And I don't want him to know that I did this. And now I've got the server in on it. Like he thinks it's cool. He's like, oh, cool. Yeah, I got it. You know, so... He brings, me the, he, he brings me the bill, and, and I pay for it, you know, and, and, and I'm thinking that we'll leave before he leaves, but no, we're going to talk a while. So me and my buddy are talking, and we're there for quite a while. This guy has already left. We're still talking. We've had several refills of our drink, and um, we finally get up to get ready to leave, and the server comes running up to me, and he said, sir, you're not going to believe what's going on. I said, well, what's going on? He said, you know how you paid for that guy's lunch? I said, yeah. He said, well, that guy paid for somebody else's lunch. And that person paid for somebody else's lunch. He said, we're up to five right now. And I'm like, that's awesome, right? And I left feeling closer to God. I left feeling blessed. I left having known I'd been a blessing to somebody else. They didn't need to know me. They didn't need to know any of that. It was just between me and God, and it felt so good and just built my faith. So this year, as we go through this season when it's easy to get self-centered and it's easy to get negative and it's easy to have all this stuff and, and COVID and, you know, there's all the reasons in the world to yell and scream and be negative. Let's don't do that. Let's give it away. Let's give it away. Let's be positive. Let's encourage. Let's help. Let's be benevolent. Let's give it away. Let's pray together. Father, we can only do this because you give to us. So we just stop and tell you thanks for giving to us. We are blessed beyond measure. We live in America. There's not a one of us in this room right now that have any business complaining about anything. So Lord, for that alone, we are thankful and we fall to our knees and we just, we, we worship you for the way you've given to us. Now, Father, I ask as we step out into the world that desperately needs encouragement, desperately needs positivity, I pray that we would be the ones that are adding value. I pray that we would be the lifters, not the leaners. I pray that we would be the givers, not the takers. I pray that we would be the ones who demonstrate for the rest of the world what the fruit of the Spirit looks like and how it tastes and how beautiful it can be. 
when we give it away. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.